Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Grateful Heart TV, and today's guest is somebody who I am very impressed by. Recently, I got to be on his show, The Neighborhood Real Estate Show, and learned so much from Todd Booksman that he agreed to come on to my show to share with you guys his investment tips, especially in today's market with the recession and um, everything else related to finance, I think it's a really good time for you to hear what he has to say about investing your money. Todd has 25 years of experience as an entrepreneur and a business leader. For the past 23 years as a mortgage originator, Todd has proven successful in cultivating both teams and branch offices. Working alongside his wife, Tara, Todd successfully helped grow the Arizona region of a mortgage bank from five to 85 employees at four branches. During his career, he and his team have funded over a billion dollars in home loans while serving almost 6,000 families. Now he has designed the Win by Noon Planner as a tool to help increase productivity. On the personal side, proud father of three daughters, loves to run and hike with his wife, Tara, and is very passionate about helping others build wealth and be more productive. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns, and you're listening to Grateful Heart. I started this show to help educate my clients on the real estate market, and it's evolved into so much more. I've found that I love talking to people and I love learning new things. While our expertise is still on the health of the housing market, we want to focus on the health and the well-being of our listeners as well. More specifically, where we reside in our hearts, in our minds, and in our homes. The biggest purchase in our life just isn't a house. It's where we raise our children, start a new business, pray for our loved ones, and follow our dreams. It's even where we listen to our favorite podcast. When we are successful at home, everything else just falls into place, and we are so grateful for that. Home is where the grateful heart is. Thank you for joining us today. All right, guys, we're here with Todd Booksman. Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us oh, today. Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, the reason why I'm so excited is I got to be on Todd's show not that long ago. What was that, about like a month or so ago? Yeah, and you crushed it. It was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. So that's us being nerds on your neighborhood real estate show. And I had so much fun with him that I needed more Todd in my life. That's why Todd's back in studio today. Love it. Love, Love it. it. I and I know you also loved the feeling in my arm. I know, that's really uh, awkward, but yes, that's <laughs> like, so like, I feel like I need something cool like that. Yeah, you know, you got the hippie Rebecca today. I went shopping over the weekend. I'm like, oh, I just love this. I'm wearing my uniform, Win by Noon. That's like, Win by know. Noon is a great uniform to have, and we're going to get into what Win by Noon is. Real quick, though, before we talk about what we're here to talk about today, which is investing in today's market. Heck yeah. Um, why don't you share a little bit about your real estate show that you do because other people would probably love to watch your show as well. Well, I appreciate that. It's called Your Neighborhood Real Estate Show. You just go to yourneighborhoodrealestateshow.com. We're uh -huh. trying to keep it simple. And, you know, we just love interviewing people like yourself who just are experts on the market to try to really, you know, dig down in on a hyper-local area to help people understand who are thinking about moving somewhere specific, you know, what that's all about. I love that. And you really do focus on certain neighborhoods with most of your guests, if I remember correctly from when I was on your show. But leave it to me to go off on a tangent. Yeah, we went, we went all sorts of different directions. <laughs> I mean, it's truly one of the favorite episodes I've ever recorded because it was, we, we had so much to cover. Yeah, I like to talk. What can I say? So thank you again for having me on. And if you guys want another podcast in your life, your Neighborhood Real Estate Show is a great one to check out. And of course, I would love for you to check out the one I was on. So well, that's the best one. Of course, sure. you know, he for just sure. said. So we are going to hit on this. This is what he teased me with the, when I was on his show is that he's big into investing and wealth building and helping others do the same. So we're going to get his ideas and advice and commentary on this article because there's a lot of points that 
were brought up, and I'm curious if you agree with those points, Todd. Well, we're going to find out. We are going to find out, but before we do that, ooh. Yeah, I'm not a PC girl. This is really fancy. I just I have to say, like my podcast is is kind of cool, but like this is like over the top. Oh, stop it, Todd. Okay, so about the team, Todd comes to us from Fairway Mortgage, and you work with your partner, your wife, and another partner by the name of Matt, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he's the only guy crazy enough to team up with a husband and wife. So every time there's a vote, he gets outvoted. Oh. Actually, I don't vote. I let them run. All you that. let them run everything. I let them run the show. And well, I saw you had a different title, and they were co-branch managers together. Well, yeah, because of all the coaching and training I do out in the mortgage space, you know, it keeps me out of the day to day. Just so you guys know, he just finished telling me in just about two hours, you're getting ready to train a hundred agents here in Arizona. These are 100 loan officers all over the country. Oh, loan officers loan all officers. over the country. So we're not, that's way cooler than agents in Arizona. Yeah. So loan officers all over the country. And let's just be real. We are talking, I'm going to date the show. We're talking December as on the heels, mm -hmm. 2022. And the last six months with the interest rates where they've been, I know a lot of my colleagues in the mortgage industry have been really struggling. Oh yeah. I mean, as we spend a lot of time talking about mindset because ultimately a lot of these you know, mortgage loan officers, and I think some real estate agents too, are just struggling with the fact that business isn't as easy as it was. I felt right. like, you know, loan officers were, you know, wheeling around a wheelbarrow, you know, collecting cash as it fell out of the sky during the refinance market. And yeah. then now they have kind of lost that um, connection with their clients, the things that they used to do, the connections with their real estate agents that they should be doing. And so that's what I get to talk to them about. Okay. So I'm dating myself here. I'm going to date you too. Please forgive right. me, Todd. That's all good. Because you know, and his, his hair's gray. It's okay. People it's okay. See well, mine really is too, but I dye mine. So you wouldn't know the real color of mine. But that said, Todd and I both have been in this business for close to 30 years. And we're kind of old school. When I say kind of old school, not just our age, but you and I both like to communicate and talk oh, yeah. and actually create relationships. And I think that is the one thing that the iBuyers today and a lot of the other companies that are out there who are trying to maybe work their way into our marketplace don't realize is so important because when people are making the biggest investment of their lives, Usually they want a human behind it. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I 100% agree. I mean, first off, experience matters, right? Absolutely. In, in any market, experience matters. When when the market, houses were flying off the shelf, people are like, oh, I can have anyone list my house. But, you know, Not a great really. agent would actually get more money and, mm -hmm. and negotiate better and all the things that would get them a better result for what they were trying to do. And so I tend to find that, um, right, the iBuyers and, you know, people who aren't, familiar with or don't care about actually building relationships right. and rapport and connect with people are going to have um, not as great of an, of an experience, number one, and then typically not as fruitful of a result. And then in the end, really what you want is someone who's going to be looking after you over the long term, because I tend to find that that's the biggest thing I think that, you know, someone who has a real estate practice like you have or a mortgage mm -hmm. practice like we have, where we're following up with our clients, checking in with them continually, not just when we can refinance and make more money, but even when now when rates are high and we're checking in with clients, it's I just so important. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, we just put in the mail yesterday our holiday mailer with our mouse pad and like a newsletter for me talking about what James and I have been up to all year oh, because, awesome. you know, our clients that we've created relationships with half the time tell us how much they miss us after we close escrow, you know, and there's only so much of Rebecca to go around. So I do my best to stay in touch to keep those relationships going. And I do feel that in our industry, so many people don't understand the importance of that. So I would love that you go out there and you're educating at least the people in your sphere about how important that is. Well, I think it's really critical. And, you know, I'm super passionate about the business, right? I'm passionate about mortgages. I'm passionate about real estate because I think it's a great opportunity for most people to build wealth, right? 83% right. of, of people's wealth at retirement, it tends to be in their home equity. Yeah. And so uh, it goes back to what wait, you wait, said. Wait. Okay. 
And you need to say that stat again because you right. just rambled it off so fast. 83% and- of most people's yeah. net worth at retirement is in their home equity. Not in their 401k, not in their bank account, but it's in their home equity. So a stat I saw when I did a show a couple of weeks ago was the average equity in the U.S. today was 300000 Right. It's awesome. It's amazing. So maybe we could talk about um, what you could do with that equity to make you money. Absolutely. Right. I'm all about health, wealth, and then Productivity. Me too. I, productivity. I got to find something that rhymes with that. That means productivity. Health, wealth, and productivity. We'll find yeah. it. We'll figure it out. We'll, get, we'll figure it out before your one o'clock presentation today. All right, that'd be great. That would be great. So on the way to his presentation, I have to point out one thing on the screen because I thought this was really cool as I stalked you online this morning. Yeah. Um, we have some friends in common, Todd and I do, because we've both been working in the Valley for so long. And I actually have that same sauna on order. Please share with me your thoughts about what this is, because this does kind of go into health. You know, like I'm all about anything healthy, financing, um, financial health, your physical health, your mental health. And to me, this kind of covers a lot. Absolutely. I mean, it's the sauna and the cold plunge. So Mm -hmm. if you can't see that picture, um, and I'm really a wimp, like that cold plunge thing. You know, uh-huh. I call it my not so cold plunge. I shouldn't say it out loud because it's only set at 70 right now. But <laughs> when you come out of 150 degrees and you get into 70, it's still pretty cold. And we're going to lower it down like little five degrees, like every couple of days until we get to the 39 degrees that everyone else. And is let's at. clarify: your wife is doing this with you because I haven't had the nerve me. to do it yet. Um, my so when I was growing up and I lived at home with my dad, still he used to I would go in the sauna with him and he would usually just toss my ass right into the pool as soon as I walked well, out there of you the go. sauna. So, so you're used. So I'm, I, I kind of experienced you've, it. You've been trained for it. It just, I hate the cold, right? I mean, I've lived in Arizona for too long. But I'm the benefits wimp. are that it fires off all those new neurons in your brain, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the health effects of the sauna is all the, the brain health mm-hmm. and uh, cardiovascular health is mm-hmm. really what you're doing. So, you know, I kind of joke I'm training for old age right now. But and, that's true. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's really important, the brain and the cardiovascular part. And then the cold plunge is all about inflammation, right? Yeah. So it's about reducing inflammation because really inflammation's the arch enemy of most disease and all that stuff is caused by that. So my wife and I are planning to live a long life together. We've been married for 32, almost 33 years. Congratulations so, yes, to you guys. So that's exciting. Got married young. You know, this, like I said, it is real gray hair, but, <laughs> but nonetheless... Um, and so that's just one more part of it. And and uh, my um, friend who, our mutual friend who has one of these, he's like, there's no way two people can get one, but this is the new one that's a foot longer. So actually my wife and I both get in at the same time. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. But well, it's much more fun. It's easier when you have a, like a partner do it, accountability. Yeah. And then you can both sit there and shiver together. Yeah. So um, our colleague who talked about it in my mastermind group did light a fire under my husband. And after Jonas had educated us about this, he decided in the middle of the winter to go jump in our pool. Yeah. And he came out and said he'd never do that again. Yeah. Um, so it's not for everybody, but it is really cool. And I wanted to share that because I thought what I think is really cool is that you're all about giving back, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're also about self-care. And there's something about taking care of yourself first before you can really serve others. Yeah, it's that whole cliche thing, right? You put the oxygen mask, yeah. oxygen mask on yourself first, and then you put it on your child. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you're not at your best, how can you really be your best for other people? And so for me, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate because I get to serve on the loan side and help people yeah. who, are, who are doing mortgages and really build a better financial future by, you know, making sure they've got the proper financing, not just today, but in the future. Um, and then on the coaching side, I'm having just a blast uh, helping other people really spread that message to even more people, right? So it's that magnification, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. 
And and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before we get there, the first time I actually met you. Yeah, you're like, you do so much cool stuff. I want to make sure I highlight all of it, Todd. So Women of Strength is something I've been attending for many, many years now. It's something that your company puts on with the help of Susie Lavenda. Can you share what that is about for anybody who's curious, like Women of Strength and this guy is putting it on? What's this about? Yeah, I mean, it's all about inspire, mentor and lead. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really when Susie came up at the event about 10 years ago, um, and so it's just something our team has been super passionate about, you know, and it was one of those things where she came up with the idea that really there's just not enough women leaders in our industry. And there's just also this competition sometimes and people aren't always there to try to work together. Yeah. And so for me, as soon as she said she did, it was already done anyway. So it's not like I could have rewound it, but I was like, of course, let's, let's be all in on this event. So it's always great, you know, every year now to have over 500 folks in there. And it's an interesting event too, because it's put on by my mortgage team. You know, we're up there speaking, Matt mm-hmm. and I, and then we've got, you know, not just great Real estate companies that are buying tables for, for their uh, top agents, uh, title companies buying uh, tables for their top agents, but also other mortgage companies come up at our yeah. show up at our event. So it's it's me. It's really cool that we have it's an impact. It's super cool. And in fact, I think the last one I was so impressed by one of the speakers you guys had. I literally stalked her, wanting to try to talk to her myself because she was so badass at literally going out there and presenting. I think her name was Erin. She was the one who. Um, they did a uh, movie on. Do yeah. you know who, you know, who oh, I'm yeah. talking about? Like, she was so amazing. So you guys bring wonderful content. And for anybody in Arizona in the Valley who's in our industry, if you haven't attended one of those events, you absolutely should. Um, now that said, before we're going to get into stocks and advice, Holy I want to talk smokes. about this other thing that you do because this is what you're. Sounds like you're the most passionate about, and you're wearing your shirt as you called your uniform. My uniform. Your uniform. It just makes it easy, right? Yeah. You know, Steve Jobs. So you don't have to think about so what you're putting I, on today. I just put on something that says "Win by Noon" every day. <laughs> so "Win by Noon." It's a quick start to the to start your quarter off right. I know right now it sounds like you directed at loan officers and agents, but then I saw on your website you had like a. What did I put up? Where, where is it? We've got insurance agent. Our, oh, our, yeah, the executive edition. Yeah, so it really I mean, can apply to anybody. Really anyone in sales. I mean, that's yeah. a sales version of it. We started out because, you know, we always think about what we do. And so I started out uh, with a loan officer version. It's really how I grew my business 45% in one year was sort of following what I call the ideal week mm-hmm. and really getting the most important things that I knew I had to get done, uh-huh. done more consistently because I made it a priority. And so, you know, as soon as we had that, this is super so going to fall apart. Yeah, I was going to say, I have to this have you hold it up. This one's kind of cool too because this is the this is our secret one. It's the plug and play social media edition. Ooh. And so we have a new version of that coming wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Just be careful. For it's like I, full. Of, it's got my it, calendar in there and it's got like... Oh, you mean but, you don't mean just to throw it? Well, no, just like if you're... Like, <laughs> There's just stuff that's going to fall out, you know, like, you know, important piece of mail. But So, you know, I have to tease you because we're old school. This is in writing. This it's is not paper. This it's is paper. Deal. This is not like an app or a reminder or an alert. This is you carry this around. Yeah, it's really um, recording the activities that you do and tracking the results, right? Because, you know, in real estate, yes, it's I not it's not a mystery, right? If you want to close a transaction, there's a certain amount of activities you yes. have to do every day in order to get there. And most people just go, oh, I, I did close a transaction. Yay. But they don't. And I want to close more, but they don't really know what it takes to close more. And so this is just a way for people to help business plan and create a strategy to understand, you know, what they're doing with more clarity, you know, day in and day out. And so it's been kind of fun for us because we're kind of coaching agnostic. So we've got, you know, the biggest um, mortgage companies in the country, um, the biggest coaching groups in the country use this as their way. They might have a digital thing that they all put their numbers in at the end of the week, but on but day, all the same day to day, they all sit, sit this here. So every coaching organization has that in common. So you know, one thing I want to point out to anybody who's watching our show, who's in real estate, any form, um, you know, it's not magic. There's very simple things that you and I both do regularly 
that has put us in the position that we're in in our careers today. And it's basic stuff. Like, yeah, it's actually, not rocket science. Yeah, not rocket science. And it's funny, a colleague, or I shouldn't say colleague, she's newly licensed, a friend of mine. She she went to a different brokerage on, you know, whatever. Cool. It's actually Kevin's Shocking. brokerage. I know it happens. And I was chatting with her this morning. She hasn't really gone far with it. And she's like, you know, I really just need to learn how to sell a house. And I'm like, girl, you're overthinking it. You know how many people go and get the real estate license and never do anything with it? Well, a huge amount. I mean, I recently huge. looked at the statistic and it was kind of crazy to see the number of licensed agents in Arizona who didn't even do any transactions. Um, so years ago when I was in a recruiting phase, I looked up, uh, and I'm sure this won't shock you, but it might shock some of our audience hearing these numbers. I looked up to see how many agents in our valley actually sold one house a month. Because I mean, if you don't sell at least it's, one house a month. It's not very many. If you don't sell one house a month, how do you pay your mortgage? How do you pay right. for your food? How do you pay for your gas, right? You're you're not full-time, in my opinion, unless you can at least knock out one sale a month. I would agree. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Okay. Um, less than 5% of all the agents licensed, and we're talking 70,000 agents, can yeah, claim that. If it's even close to 5%, I would be shocked. And I think the, the it challenge was less is, than five. So here's, here's what I think, though. I think number one is then who's... Are you really getting a great experience? I think it's a challenge because everyone yeah. knows a real estate agent that could be a cousin, a brother, a they sister, say a coworker. They every person knows at least eight agents. Right. And so the, the challenge always is, you know, because on the mortgage side, we, we're we really fortunate. We get lots of referrals from clients and they uh -huh. come with their agent attached. And we love, we'll work with sure. their agent and we'll, we'll coach them. you work with any it. agent. But I would say that the end result, though, is always better with someone who's super experienced right. because, again, they know how to negotiate. They've been around in other markets. So this market isn't something new and oh, different and, to in them. In fact, I was excited as the market shifted because I'm like, woohoo! houses again. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think it's a little sad. I see a lot of posts of like, now everyone's going to quit the business for loans. I see that for real estate. Like now it's not only the stronger going to survive. And I, I don't like that because my no. whole goal is to help people. That's why my, my group coaching for loan officers is really geared towards people that aren't consistently closing five loans a month. There's plenty of people who will coach you if you're, you know, closing a million loans. So it's kind of like what I just said about the average agent is not selling one house a month. You want to help the average loan officer that maybe isn't kinda, hitting those numbers I got either. I heart there, you know, it's kind of crazy. I was like, well, why would you sell what you, you want to sell what you have? to the people who can't afford what it is you do. So I said, you're right, I can't. I mean, I used to coach the top loan officers yeah. in the country, CEOs, and now I just say, gosh, I'll just put a lot of them in a call and then therefore the well, economics work. I think the thing that you and I can definitely share with those that we have the fortunate ability to share with is this too shall pass. You know, Absolutely. It, this is, our market's always gonna be cyclical, but my advice to most people trying to get into our line of work is that you need to have at least a year's worth of savings. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm hearing for those that are getting out of the business. They were the ones that probably leading up to this weren't positioned the way they should. They didn't carry around one of these. Exactly. They didn't get organized. They didn't have um, systems in place so that they could be successful in any marketplace. And I feel like what you're offering is something so critical because it's not, again, it's not rocket science. It's pretty basic stuff. You know, you pick up the phone and you write stuff down. Well, let's have a plan, right? I mean, that's ultimately it. Have a plan and where you're trying to go. And it's, um, again, because I never want someone to not want to get in the business, uh -huh. right? I mean, it's the world's best business, right? I think I love if you it. do real estate or mortgage, I mean, I think there's no better opportunity to serve people in what's such an important decision. Yeah, I agree. It's the best thing that we have to offer. Um, but that said, you just did this a couple months yeah. ago in Vegas. You were in September talking about recession-proof your business. So you're just full of all kinds of advice for people in our line of work, right? I, you know, it's funny too, because at that, at that 
conference, you know, I was super fortunate to be on the stage and uh -huh. it was, you know, kind of all my heroes of the mortgage business were on there. And, and like, they're talking about interest rates and all these exciting things. And then I get on there and talk about- Mindset. Like, well, and, and do what you got to do, what you know you have to do yeah. and accountability and things that no one really wants to hear. Um, but nonetheless, it's just, it's but the it's message basic. that's so important, right? It's really the 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 right time for that message. For it sure. really is the right time. And you know, one thing I was just chatting with a friend recently, and I feel like whether it's business or life, you're just being responsible for yourself. And when you take responsibility for where you're at in your life, whether it's your career, your family, your relationships, but when you take responsibility for where you are today, that's how you get to where you want to be tomorrow. Because until you own up and maybe make those tweaks and maybe make those corrections that you know you should be doing, like yeah. let's get up in the morning and write our day out. What do I have to do today? And make sure you got your list and you're checking it twice. It's not that hard to communicate and to really wow people if you have those right systems. So I love that you're sharing all of that and you're talking to people about recession because that's what gets everybody so scared. Um, and now let's talk money because that's usually where gets most people is in their pocketbook, well, right? It's funny too, because that's really at that conference where I decided I was going to talk more about building wealth in 2023 because I just yeah. feel like um, that's how I can mix what I think is most important for people who want to stay in the business. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what you have to do. But ultimately, then on the other side, let's figure out how to actually build and retain wealth. Okay. So you just said before we started the show, and I'm going to poke on you just because um, Warren Buffett owns Berkshire Hathaway, right? And that's where my license is yeah. currently held. He's a smart guy. Pretty smart. Um, known as one of the most top investors of the, you know, of our ever our lifetime, right? And he has a very famous saying to be fearful when others are fearless and to be fearless when others are fearful. And I feel like, and I know for a fact, that's how he's maneuvered a lot of his acquisitions. And I want to commend you on the fact that you're putting your money where your mouth is and you're closing on 10 properties tomorrow Ten, when so many people are scared to get off that fence. Like I have been like singing to the choir, you're my choir, that there's some great opportunities today, but there's so much fear. Well, let's all be Warren or let's all be Todd and let's go buy some properties when everybody else is fearful because when you're fearless, when everybody else is fearful, it seems to be equate to wealth. Right. And it's, it's also having a plan, right? So, I mean, I knew what the what the numbers need to look like in order mm -hmm. for it to make financial sense for me to proceed. And therefore, I look for the opportunity. And when everyone else you just said is, whenever it's is fearful, then that typically leads to opportunity. And ultimately, this was something that someone else probably passed on that yeah. made the opportunity there for me. And you know, my goal is to really figure out, well, how do I want to build my wealth in the future the same way I teach you know clients and others to do so? So hang on real tight. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and Todd's going to tell us the rest of his tips. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. All right, guys, we're back. And this is the screen that I started our show with. You know, Todd um, teased me a little bit when I was on his show last time about how he could teach me a thing or two when it came to investing. So well, I don't know if I could teach you more than you already know, but I just no. love talking about it. I love we could talking have a conversation about it. Too. About it. I'm just teasing you, Todd. So that said, um, I thought I saw this article and I really wanted to get his take because it sounded to me like you're a little bit more invested in Wall Street than I personally am. I have a, um, and, and actually, when I was on your show, we did talk a little bit about crypto. I actually just got all my team certified in crypto, and you were just like, okay, whatever, Rebecca. You know, like, No, no, I'm like super excited to learn more about that, because that's one of the areas where I, I know this much. Well, I learned a whole bunch more recently, and it got me motivated because, again, I was kind of thinking about be fearless when others are fearful, and they have had some incredible bad news in the media recently oh, yeah. with FTX collapsing and all these other things. But the thing is, is if you don't know about what's happening, there are homes being sold with crypto and as NFTs. And if that language isn't something you understand, you should learn more. I think we should always be learning more anyways. That's why I wanted to learn from you about your thoughts when it came to investing. So Jeremy Siegel sees stocks soaring 30% in two years and house prices dropping 15% from their peak. Now, he's talking generalities. We're in Arizona. It's hard, you know, for us to probably give our opinions based off of maybe our biased opinions, what Absolutely. we see here. I think I'm like sunny, sh sunshine, happy-go-lucky because Arizona seems to be in such a better position than a lot of other places in the country Absolutely. when it comes to real estate and why people would be moving in instead of out. Um, but that said, do you, do you agree with that? I mean, I think there's places that you'll see houses drop 15%, but those are probably the places that people are moving from to come here to Arizona because they want to live a different lifestyle, right? The lifestyle that we can have without having snow and rain and all the other things that these all people the have healthy, to All the healthy running out and hiking exactly. and doing fun stuff like that. 30% in two years, though. That was what really caught my eye because the stocks have really been volatile in the last year. 
Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I think there's this um, misinformation out there, right? That that stocks over history of, you know, it depends who you read, 8%, 10%, whatever that is. But, you know, you can have stocks go, you know, people think that means every year it goes up 10%. But right. the problem is a year like this year where they're on 25 to 30%, um, then if it only goes up 10% next year, because it could do that, you still have this big, huge loss. So it takes right. a lot to get that back. And that's where I think the folks who are selling stocks and selling mutual funds are misleading people on that that's the best place to park all of your money. Mm-hmm. And I do dabble, you know, over in that in that area and I, and I pay attention there. But so I think 30%, I mean, that is potentially realistic, but, you know, 30% increase after 30% drop doesn't get you back to zero. If you had $100,000 and you lose 30%, that's 70,000. If you gain 30% from there, that's 21,000. You're at 91,000, so you're still you're still underwater by 9%, right? So, you know, again, it all depends on how it all works out, but the bottom line is is that it's certainly possible it could shoot up because there's a lot of money on the sidelines. Everyone's like, "Yay, I can't wait for stocks to go back up." And so, once everyone decides it's time to buy, it's going to it'll go up. Exactly. And you know, it's so funny like a couple things. I don't want to interrupt you because you're I know, on I saw flow. you were ready to go and I was <laughs> I like, was "All ready, right." Ready to jump in there. Um, but you know, listening to you talk about this, it really just kind of makes me think that at the end of the day, stock market is not for day traders. That's gambling. It is. And if you're invested in stocks, it's not that you want to be buying and selling on a daily basis. It's you should probably buy and let it sit and ride it out because of what you just said. And it was so quick. How quick did you do that math in your head? Well, you know, it was pretty it was pretty cute. Um, how quick you were like, yeah, we're still upside I need down. I a calculator normally, but. Well, stop it. But pick- the, the, the clickbait there, because, you know, if you look at it, you're like, stocks are going to rise 30%. <sighs> and I guess that's cool if you weren't already losing 30% from maybe the loss that you had last year and you're just getting into it. But, you know, there's misleading headlines all over the place. Um, The Fed initially overlooked the inflation threat and now it's hiking rates too fast, he said. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, I would agree with that statement. I mean, the challenge is that we have inflation and and that hurts the average person more than, you know, anyone else. I did a, a video um, yesterday for the Santa, um, some of my real estate agents on showing what the, you know, the average person, like 80% of people are barely making the line for, for what it costs to live with a family of four. And that to me is super That's sad. That's super sad right? and scary. Yeah. And so, I mean, we all see it, right? Gas prices are still yeah. high. Grocery prices are high. Eating out is expensive. All the things that, you know, people need to do in order to, to stay. I think the only, you know, glimmer of hope is that inventories are high. And unfortunately, uh, stores who they had to overorder because stuff wasn't available before. Uh-huh. Now we're going to have to potentially discount that to get it out. So really, that's all the Fed's trying to do is they're trying to slow inflation, um, which is what they have to do. But they're, it was their own fault. I mean, they they let it get too hot. I mean, they were doing all well, they, the things to fuel the fire. They put too much money into our economy to stimulate it, in my opinion. From what I heard, they printed more money during the COVID quarantine than we have in our entire history, unless I'm misinformed. No, you're right. And in, in the the statistics that I look at that are that are really sad to me right now is um, look at the number of um, when you saw during COVID savings were at an all time high, right? Because everyone mm-hmm. was getting checks from the government, and yeah. so uh, it was great. People actually put them in the bank, right? Yeah. And they weren't moving around and traveling, do all the things that were spending they were normally spending money on, and then debt then actually came down. So debt was low, savings were high. And then fast forward here now, you know, less than two years later. Um, debt is debt incredibly is high. all time high, yeah. revolving debt. All the expensive debt is super, mm-hmm. super high. And then savings is now back at historical lows. And so we've just had this, this quick flip-flop and that's inflation. So that's what the Fed's attempting to do, but then they're making car loans, they're making credit cards, all that stuff more expensive. And so that's difficult. They're yeah. obviously impacting housing and the things that we deal with every day. But what'll happen is, is then historically they, 
overdo it and then they have to let it go the other direction. Yeah. So it's just a matter of being prepared for when that change happens. You know, an old boss of mine years ago, and it still sticks with me, he gave the analogy of the pendulum swinging. Yeah, it's a great one. And it's a great one because when he said that, it was 2006. Oh, yeah. And I was a new home sales manager with 28 agents under me, and he was my boss there. And, um, you know, he was trying to calm the fears that we were seeing. Well, of course, none of us had the foresight to see what was coming down our pipe in that era. Do you believe that today we are anywhere where we were, say, in 2006, seven? Um, you know, from from which perspective, from like the economy or from housing or? Um, well, just in general, because there was, again, a lot of fear back then. I, I think we're better off in some areas and worse off in others. I think, Ooh, I, I want to hear where we're worse off. Um, I think we're worse off in the the fact that we don't really know is our, what's this recession going to look like. If we're at the very beginning and we're not really in a recession, no one will say we're in a recession, but most people believe. Feel we are. Yeah, I mean, the people that, the smart people all believe that the, that GDP, the likelihood maybe. of a recession is, I saw one, two different uh, statistics. One was like 68% of smart people all said we're going to have a recession. And it's just gone up every <laughs> month. And another one, I mean, there's just so many different signs right. to point to that we're, that we're heading to a recession. And so the question is, if we're already in have it. a lack of savings, mm-hmm. and we already have high debt, where do we go from here? And mm-hmm. that's where I think, it, you know, I just feel for the, the average normal person the that, average that they're going to get hurt by this. And just like we saw in COVID, the wealthy are crushing it, right? Yeah. They've, they're they're taking advantage of it because they, they look can. at things different. Well, and they look at things differently than everyone else. I mean, everyone else is sold to put your money in the stock market and they're like, oh, hey, maybe I'm going to put my money over here instead. Okay. So you made a very good point. And this is the point I'm sure of where you're educating people whenever you have that opportunity is the wealthy think different than the average Joe. Absolutely. And is there something in particular that you could give advice to the average Joe on that would help them maybe think more like the wealthy? Well, I already mentioned that my my wife, what we talked about beforehand, is a non-practicing attorney. So I have to tell you, I'm not a financial advisor, a, C- <laughs> a CPA. That's your disclaimer. Nor do I play one on TV. Neither do I. Right. But I know enough to be dangerous, and so do you. Well, I think there's a lot of things out there that other people think are bad investments that uh-huh. there's an opportunity with for people. So, mm-hmm. you know, things like whole life insurance for a lot of people may be a good alternative to the stock market to put some of their money into um, that's done differently than they would get from their normal insurance sure. agent. But there's certain um, agents who would, what I what I call, would specialize in anything called infinite banking, who would say, hey, maybe you can set this up differently now and you have a different result down the road. And again, it's not, some people would say, put all your money in there. I would say, hey, put a but some of your money in there. I think there's just different ways to diversify. Are you talking about a self-directed IRA where you can borrow against um, it? That or? would be a similar thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you have a, a policy like that, and I'm no expert in it, but oh, you're um, talking about the insurance. when you have the insurance yeah. policy, it, it, it earns money. You can yeah. borrow it out and invest in other things. Self-directed IRA, another great yeah. another great opportunity. I mean, I set that up for my kids, right? I mm-hmm. help them um, set up their, you know, of working age now, and I help them invest their money in there, and they're going to self-direct it and then use that to grow their wealth. I had my attorney, my trust attorney on this last year, and I thought his advice was really, really good in the sense that um, even when you don't have very much to start with, to set up a trust is really, really smart. Oh, absolutely. Because it gets your mind going in that direction of leaving something behind for those you love, right? Yeah, absolutely. And just going through that process for me, like who's going to get this, who's going to get that, and oh my gosh, I want to make sure I'm leaving, you know, something, a legacy behind for my children and my grandchildren, you know, one day. And I don't think I would have been thinking that way had I not gone through that process. And that is something that you see every person who's wealthy 
have is a trust. Well, and I think um, absolutely it's super important. My dad was a trust attorney before oh, he retired he? this year. So okay. I got a trust for like my first anniversary. I was like, yay, all right, thanks dad. <laughs> um, but it was really important because now I see people who are have passed away and then they're having to have their states go through probate instead of having yeah. something that's pretty easy up front to, to distribute the the, the money the way that you wanted it to mm -hmm. go. Um, but I always think it's my, my real question, my question of the week. I get a new question every week. My question of the week is, is who are you getting your financial advice from? Um, because if you're getting financial advice, I mean, I love my parents, yeah. but I learned differently about money from them. My dad was super cheap with money, um, you know, attorney. Rich um, dad, poor dad kind of and thing. And my mom just wrote checks as long as there was money in the, you know, checks in the checkbook, she was spending money, mm -hmm. you know, like it was going out of style. And so I just had this conflicting way of, of what do I do when I grow up? And, you know, they've done well for themselves, which is great, but, but I don't feel like I, I learned. So I find a lot of people learn from either parents or they follow some celebrity, you know, money person and, and you just have to decide, well, what's behind it? You know, how did they do? And is that the best person to get advice from? I love it. Okay, well, we're running out of time quickly. All right, so which one of these stocks you want to, or which uh, so one of these stock what, things so you want to talk you about? Want, la, 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 let's see. You know what? I'm just going to, we'll, we're going to put this stuff on our show outtake so you guys can see the article that I'm talking about. And quite frankly, honestly, Todd, I'd rather just know from you, where do you have your money invested in Wall Street? Like, would, are there any tips that you would share with people or are you thinking real estate today well, because of the today's economic environment we're in or do you like to be diversified? You know, I like to be diversified. I mean, I would say that I'm not putting any new money into the market. And mm -hmm. so it's it's a weird thing. And, you know, I'm always really careful because I got a lot of friends who are financial advisors. And so I've got my retirement account um, that are my, my IRAs, which... I shouldn't say it, but I'm about to self-direct. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't know that they're going to move. But um, what I find is financial <laughs> advisors, they put your money in, they say, just stay the course. And yeah. right, they do this. And so um, I follow other people who are, I would say, more connected to what's going on in the market. And so uh -huh. I actually took the stuff that I controlled. Some of, so some of my, my, my work 401k mm -hmm. and then my personal accounts, and I moved that to cash. And then I moved some stuff to defensive positions like gold back then. So that made sense to me to do. So you have um, money in gold. And so, yeah, and gold hasn't done that well, by the way. But it's but it's there because just who knows how it's going to go. So you put some some stuff there and just money sitting that's mm -hmm. ready to look for opportunity like the properties that I'm buying yeah. um, in Nebraska. And so I think it's it's one of those things you have to find someone you trust. And, and, I, and you have to I think you have to bucket your money with, you know, I, I'm happy to leave some money with a financial advisor and let them manage it so I don't take more risk than I should because mm -hmm. I tend to have that desire. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think just be comfortable with what you put your money into. But if you can't afford to lose it, then you shouldn't be putting it at risk. Awesome. And so that said, I want to direct really to our average Joe, who's certainly struggling today. If they're barely able to make their bills um, with their debts and everything else they have, do you still advise to put money into savings while they're trying to work off debt? Um, you know, it's really tough because I always like to see people have three months of savings first and then pay off debt. Uh -huh. um, but it's really hard. I mean, if your debt's, you know, at 29% credit card, it makes it really, you hard know, really difficult. It. But, you know, the last thing that you want to do is pay off a debt and be really happy that you did it. And then, you know, have the tire blow out on your car and have to go charge more tires on your credit card. I mean, that's just unfortunately part of the cycle. But, mm -hmm. you know, normally it's the whole idea of, you know, the, the cash flow priority model is, you know, whatever you feel is comfortable, three to six months. You said 12 months if you're going to be a brand new real estate agent in savings, then pay off all that revolving debt um, and then start saving for good things, right? Then you can save to invest or buy real estate. And I think right. it's, you know, again, look at the people that you're getting advice from and are they wealthy? Because um, a lot of people who make a lot of money, you might think they're rich, but they're not really wealthy. And that's, to me, the most interesting observation I've had over the last decade. Okay, so that is a huge nugget. And please re-say that again, because that would like somebody could just blow right over. Just because you earn a lot doesn't mean what? 
it doesn't mean you're you're wealthy. I mean, you could be rich in cash, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, people make fun of me. I mean, I drove a Prius for you know the first five you know for five years when I was making a lot of money, and they're like, oh, what? Maybe Todd's not that successful. I mean, <laughs> even now, you saw me. I'm driving a Ford pickup truck. Yeah. I mean, it's expensive Ford pickup truck. Right? Well, so the most trucks expensive, are expensive. Yeah. Most expensive car I've ever owned. Um, but you know, oftentimes people are like, oh wow, that person's got a flashy car. But you know, did they? Did they, you know, borrow money and they have, you know, the Rob and Peter to pay Paul, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so I think it's just a matter of really um, asking better questions is what I'm trying to do of people who I'm seeing have money to see mm -hmm. whether it's it's wealth or whether they're just trying to portray it. Portray it. Well, and that's a fair statement because I used to do new home sales and half the time the people who came into our sales office, the flashiest with the nicest cars, um, struggled to qualify where somebody who looked very unassuming actually was really well off. And that might be why. They were well off because they were unassuming and weren't spending what they shouldn't spend. You know, it was our kind of our ongoing joke, you know, during the refi boom was um, how many people couldn't qualify for the loan that they wanted because of their really expensive Tesla lease. I mean, there was, you know, just crazy and people are, would be disappointed. And so I think car loans has been a really big challenge and mm -hmm. you have to have reliable transportation. So I don't, you know, I don't disagree uh, with that. But, but that's really been the people who couldn't take advantage of buying a house when rates were lower. Oftentimes it was their car payment. That was the biggest issue. That's sad. Well, I don't know what to say about that because you can't, like you say, you can't be without a car, at least not here in Arizona, maybe in nope. other cities where you can walk to work and walk everywhere, but kind of need one here. So hopefully the interest rates come down so the payments aren't so bad. Because I think that is definitely something that I see a lot of times with clients who call me. The average Joe, once they get that brand new car, they could kiss that house goodbye, which is really sad to me. I, I want everybody who with an average income to be able to afford a home because that is the way that, that most people end up with wealth at the well, end of their it, lives. It's the American dream, right? I mean, yeah. you know, who who wants to raise a family and then not be able to paint the walls, the color your kid wants the walls, or not have a backyard for your dog to run around, all those yeah. things that people say sounds kind of cliche, but it's true. Um, it really is the American dream. And I just, you know, I, I never take it lightly when, when I'm able to help somebody do that. But, you know, the flip side is, is if you're a parent listening, so we talked about investing before, yeah. if you're a parent listening and you've got a, a, a son or a daughter who's younger, maybe not in a position financially to buy a house, maybe think about going on the loan with them as a co-borrower, non-occupant co-borrower. Yep. And then- Just can, did that for my firstborn. You, you can gift them the down payment mm -hmm. um, or maybe have, you know, figure out some, you know, some uh, arrangement there through a down payment grant program or some other uh -huh. way and help them get in a home to be a homeowner versus a renter, a renter. now. Um, and then that can be the house that they move out of and rent and then turns into there. Cause that's transparently the one great thing I learned from my parents that my parents did for me. I bought my first house at 19. I had two roommates. Um, they paid all but $60 of the mortgage. And that house Perfect. Became, what a my great first, investment. For, became my first rental house and really is what sort of set me up for success. I would encourage everybody watching, if you have a child who can't buy a house, but you could help them, I actually totally agree with you. I just did the same thing for my daughter this past year because without my help, she wouldn't have been able to have the American dream. Yeah. And you know what? Thank you again for coming on, Todd, because the American dream is really what I'm passionate about. Obviously, you Heck are, yeah. and we want to make sure that we can help as many people achieve that dream as possible. Thanks, you guys, for listening today, and we'll be back with you again soon. Thank you so much. Rebecca. Thanks, Todd. Blast. Thanks, everyone. Super fun. Todd Booksman just left our studio, and he was so cool for coming and talking to us about investing in today's recession that we may or may not be in, and just talking all things like to be winning by noon. His coaching program was super cool. I love the fact that he carries around a day planner with him. And he also gives a lot of advice on social media. So if you're in my line of work or in his line of work, you need to check him out with Win By Noon because he could maybe help you with your business.
What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day